You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. post-game edition of the Outside Podcast and the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, where you can find all of your favorite Vox Media podcasts. Sixers win in Charlotte tonight, uh, 127-124. They needed overtime to do it, but uh, hey, when you can get those wins and uh, not have Joel Embiid play over 40... Oh, wait, he did play over 40 minutes a game. Never mind. But... Either way, take it. Take all the wins you can get. Maybe they will get some time to give Embiid the night off on Wednesday when these same two teams tip off again. Sean Kennedy is joining me, just like I joined him on his podcast after the Atlanta win on Friday night. Uh, Sean, how you doing? I'm doing well, Adio. Um, I'm very grateful that the Sixers have won Joel Hans Embiid. Because... <laughs> Aren't we all? If not for him, uh, they would not have won a game. They absolutely should have. I mean, the Hornets had five ga- five guys out due to COVID protocols, including the rising star Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier, his backcourt mate, uh, as well as Ish Smith, there who was supposed to fill in as a the he's usually their backup, supposed to fill in a starter mm-hmm. in place of Ball, and still the Sixers were out hustled. Uh, it, the Charlotte had just played in Atlanta night before the Sixers hadn't played since Friday. So there was actually, actually no excuse for that, even though they were on the road, uh, Charlotte won the second chance opportunities battle. They took better care of the basketball. They just looked like they had more energy all night. And I don't know what was up to the Sixers. They looked lethargic, but fortunately they have Joel, who is just far and away the best player on the court tonight. And just he dragged the Sixers to the victory almost single-handedly. So they should thank their lucky stars they have him. That was a prime note that I wrote down. Like there was no energy from the Sixers. And you kind of saw it with the offensive rebounds, like you were saying, some of the 50-50 stuff. So Sixers, eight offensive rebounds to the Hornets, 13. And then they also had, like you said, the turnovers, 15 for the Sixers and eight for the Hornets, like with everything, with the depleted roster that Charlotte had, like this should not, it should not have been this close. It should have not have taken this much to beat this team. No, it, it should have been, as you said, a night where they could have just pulled away and rested the starters in the fourth and Joel could have played a tidy 27 minutes. And (laughs) instead he's, he's having to play 41 and, we're having to sweat Kelly Oubre going for a seven, three of the night at the buzzer oh, of overtime God. to even come away with the victory. And yeah, just a lot of sloppy play. Um, just guys like 
Tobias, even though he scored 21, he was off on a lot of his shots. Seth did not have a good night in front of his pops, who uh, does the the announcing work for the Hornets, so he was in the building. Um, Just, yeah, nobody aside from Shake and a couple guys on the bench that had some good spot minutes, like no one else stepped up for the team tonight, and it was basically just Joel. And fortunately, like he was able to do almost everything himself, like 15 and 20 from the field, 20 of 14 from the foul line, uh, seven assists, just only only three turnovers, which is for him is you'll take that every night. Uh, yep. Just across the board, just really exemplarily play in every phase of the game for Joel. Uh, like I, I said it, I already said it, but just the, the Hornets, without him tonight, they, yeah. they get they get blown out by. A, a Kelly Oubre led Charlotte Hornets team. And we're all talking about how the sky is falling, but fortunately Joel was peak Joel tonight. The the Hornets led by 11 after one. And it was just, it was just all bad defense, bad rebounding, bad offense, and the dreaded all bench unit. And then, you know, Andre Drummond getting absolutely posterized. Um, JT Thor, baby. JT Thor. Who knew? Jesus. <laughs> Uh, the second quarter obviously looked a little bit better. They had the Sixers had a stretch where they were nine for nine for field goals, so that was great. But yeah. it was bookended by that awful, awful close to the half. Like, yeah, you yeah want, gave up. You, right there, you have to put Charlotte away. If you yeah. don't give up that 8 0 run to close the half, it is what 67 54. And I'm not saying the game is over, but damn it, like that all but kills Charlotte's momentum going into the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, things were looking up. Uh, the, the Sixers scored 44 points in the period. It was their highest scoring quarter of the season. And yeah, they were up 11. And it's like, all right, you know, they they shifted the momentum. They finally they figured some things out. And then the last... 10 seconds of the half, they give up a wide open corner three for some reason. And then Danny Green tries this ridiculous half court pass that oh gets intercepted God. and they they hit another three right at the buzzer. So instead of being up 11, they're up five and it's a game again. The Hornets have life. And that I think that changed the complexion of the game there when they could have kind of had their foot on their throat, could have finished it off and instead... Charlotte went into the locker room saying, Hey, we're still in this. It's a two possession game. And it, it just gave them this, the spirit and the hope that they, they could still pull off this upset. Um, yeah. Just bad, bad stretch there for, for Philadelphia. And you saw it like they came out in the second half. They still had the momentum. They still kept hanging around. Sure. Uh, Tobias was warming up a little bit. He had back-to-back threes to put it at 87, 82. And like, there was still virtually no defense being played. I mean, the game was fun, don't get me wrong, but God, like it was just impossible for the Sixers to get stops in certain stretches. Yeah, that it was really an awful defensive outing for Philadelphia. They it it just goes to how they, they looked slow out there. They didn't look like they had energy. They weren't closing out hard on shooters, they weren't rotating well, they weren't tracking down the loose balls for to, to get those defensive rebounds. So it led to a lot of uh, second chance points for Charlotte. I, there was one sequence in the first half where James Booknight had two consecutive offensive rebounds on the same possession. Yeah. And then it, it ended up with a, I think a JT Thor three at the end of it. Oh. And it was just like, yeah, they got, they got these guys that they look hungrier than the Sixers. They're, they're just flying all over the court and they look like they want it more. 
Uh, and if you're the Sixers, like, yeah, you're the more talented team, but you can't just overlook uh, an NBA roster that they're missing some guys, but they still had a few of their starters and they still have some talented guys. Uh, it, was, it was a short rotation, but they still had eight guys out there who are all that know how to play. Like this wasn't some, you know, Orlando magic squad that was missing their teams. Like Charlotte is a good team. And obviously uh, you want uh, like, you want to say that just talent will win out, but you know what, if they're, like you said, with book Knight and JT Thor and Ubre and miles bridges, like they have like hungry players. And when you have somebody like, for example, Gordon Hayward, like sure. He wasn't like uh, the shooter that he usually is, but he's, a nice veteran presence and God, just, you can't, you can't let teams like that hang around. No. Then, you know, we saw it down the stretch, the Sixers, they were winning and then they go, they do their typical, it's the fourth quarter and the offense stalls out and they, they went three minutes where they only scored one point across three minutes. And then they had the bad turnover where Danny green didn't notice Hayward, uh, lurking for the double team on Joel tries to force it to Joel it's a turnover and then Ubre hits a three and suddenly they're losing by three with a minute left and it's like oh my gosh are are they really going to blow this that seven to one run in 53 seconds like I <laughs> it was funny I actually timed it like not even a, not even a minute just 53 seconds and it was 119 106 and then Joel was just like all right I, I guess I gotta close this thing and he ties it at 119 damn near ends the game using the Dirk one legger. And I'm just like, okay, we need overtime to beat the Hornets. Now that we need overtime to beat a Hornets team without Ish Smith, LaMelo ball and Terry Rozier. This is where we are as a Sixers team. All right. And and a Plumlee and a Plumlee. (laughs) Good God. PJ, PJ Washington lighting it up. This is where we are. All right. Fantastic. Great. Kelly Oubre is going to uh, destroy my night tonight. Okay, well, let's just do that. Okay. Like, Kelly Oubre, 6-13 from three, 13-24 from the field, 35 total. Couldn't get the game winner. But, you know, Embiid had the 6-0 start for the overtime. And then this is my, this is my yearly uh, rant session to the NBA. Seth's quote-unquote charge. I think it was like the next possession down the floor. I'm sorry, but if you don't have the ball, it shouldn't be an offensive foul. I'm sorry. This is a hill that I'm going to die <laughs> on. It's going to be in my grave. All right. Just, it makes no sense. Uh, uh, I, I got to disagree with you. I feel like you can't um, just fly down the court out of control. And, and it wasn't, it was, it was a borderline call. I'm not saying that Seth was completely out of control, but I do think it was the right call. Like I, I think Allah on the broadcast said it. Like you got to make a jump stop there. You can't just like yeah continue continue running into a guy. Uh, even even if you had just let go of the ball, like there has to be a line where you can't just like barrel barrel into people in the court. Sure, um, sure, sure. Take up for the rest. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like I I didn't I didn't think that that was a bad call. I. I, I I think if the tables were turned, I, I would have been furious if they hadn't made a charge call there. Um, uh, totally. But yeah, you're you're right. Like Joel, even in overtime, they 
they scored eight points. Joel had the first six for them. And then the other basket at the end was Tobias getting the dunk off a perfect entry pass from Joel Embiid. No doubt frustrated that no one could give him a good entry pass all game long. Said, <laughs> here, guys, this is how you do this it. This is how um, it's done. Here, let me, let me uh, spoon feed a, a <laughs> wide open dunk for Tobias. And uh... yeah, if, if only there was a way that Joel could throw entry passes to himself, we'd be in business. But alas, not the case. Uh, we need to get Joel some like self-teleportation technology a la like Doctor Who or something. Yeah, or or like in multiplicity, if you could just make copies. Of oh, that would work. Even even if they were slightly worse copies, uh, I, I still feel like that would be better than anything the Sixers have to offer as far as making entry passes to the post. Like super, like the Flash and the Reverse Flash or whatever. Uh, so Toby makes it one twenty seven, one twenty four with that beautiful entry pass, and th- with the way Ubre was shooting it. I wasn't totally convinced he was going to miss that shot. Oh, no. I I mean, I think every Sixers fan expected them to tie the game there. I, I was just like, damn it. <laughs> Kelly Oubre is going to keep me up until 1130. Yeah. This is going to be fantastic. Yes. Yeah, not, not only does the chances of losing go up significantly because of you now have to play double overtime but we have to deal with double overtime like uh-huh. it's a month it's a monday night people are tired they, they had to start their work week you got kids at home they're trying to go to bed let's yeah. let's let's not deal with double overtime let's can we not here? have double <laughs> overtime <laughs> uh all right well in any case in any event sixers get the win like i said they do go back and uh play charlotte again on wednesday they're 13 and 11 now and like i i don't i don't know what to think like there's the three and a half games out of the top spot in the east they're still they're only half a game out of a top four position things are starting to level out so it's just it's a lot of wait and see it's one giant holding pattern right now and as we've seen uh just to elaborate something we talked about on friday uh i don't know if it's 100 quote unquote official but damian lillard in rumors has said he wants to play with ben simmons so we'll just have to see what happens with that throughout the week. yeah there there was a reporting today or tonight that uh daryl morey is not interested in cj mccollum basically i read like, that in the slack too harrison yeah. posted that yeah so that is, you know, notable that Damian Darryl's Lillard. Like, no, Damian Lillard. That's great. You want to play with Ben, but you're the guy that we want. So, yeah, we, and we Ben want, would be the guy we would trade for you. We want and, you to play with Joel Embiid. How about <laughs> yeah, that? You, exactly. you want to you want to play with Ben Simmons? That's great. Uh, you can play with Joel Embiid. Uh, here in Philly, that's fine. Yeah. So CJ McCollum, apparently not what Daryl is looking for in a Ben Simmons trade, uh, which, you know, we've discussed this previously, but I think it makes sense because, you know, CJ and Seth cannot coexist. I feel like CJ has a lot of, while, while he is a very good scorer, he has flaws in his game as far as he's a negative defender. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do a, he's not, it's not like he's a high level creator for others he doesn't get to the rim or the free throw line very often so it's a lot of it's a lot of like hey i'm a very good mid-range shooter he's a good outside shooter he can create for himself but you can't have maxi him and seth 
that's like too too many small guards all trying to coexist. It doesn't alleviate the Sixers' problems on the wings. Like I, I feel like, yeah, if it's the mid-February and the deadline's hours away and CJ's the best guy you can get for Simmons, then you probably sure. have to do it because you can't go into the postseason if Embiid is 90% healthy and say, all right, we're just going to leave Simmons' 30 million plus on the cap unused and not try to get anything for it then just waste a year of your your prime like that's that's not a feasible outcome that's ridiculous but, yeah but i feel like other things are going to pop up by by february and daryl's going to continue to be patient and he's not going to jump on a cj mccall trade I, i'm just i just keep looking i just keep looking at the stuff in in denver like i i want to see when uh jamal murray comes back and like if like he plays it all the season or if they hold him out like like that that's not exactly best case scenario but it's i think it's a better case scenario than cj mccollum that's just me you think jamal murray would be available in some way uh i mean if it, it the the michael porter jr thing does make give me pause to think that it might happen but if you can flip Jamal Murray for Ben Simmons and then kind of retool in that offseason, I think you might have to think about it if you're Denver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how available Murray is. I, like I, I would said, think we'll I, I, they're really high on him and then he was yeah. injured. So I feel like they're more in a, just wait till he comes back. I think reports kind of like the guesses are that he's going to be back in February or March. So if that's the case, they have enough time to kind of ramp him up and, See see what happens in the playoffs with with him and Jokic back together. Are, um, are there just way too many holding patterns in the NBA right now, Sean? Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of holding patterns. There's a lot of guys hurt. There's a lot of guys out because of COVID. Uh, it seems like everybody has the flu right now because it's I guess it's December and people yeah. are just getting getting sick, like even not related to COVID. So yeah, it's just just a weird time in the NBA right now, which is why Daryl's smart to you know, kind of wait and, and see what springs uh, springs forward in the next couple months as far as, you know, availability of different guys across the league. Like, guys, you're killing our content with all these holding patterns. Like, it's not cool. It's not <laughs> well, cool at it, all. It, it kind of <laughs> helps because if we, we can just continue to speculate. <laughs> like, if ben, if ben Simmons had been traded a month ago, what would we be talking about every week? Uh, good point. <laughs> and it, and it, how... it would just be how frustrated people are that CJ McCollum doesn't play defense. How 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 else would I pester Steve Littman if I can't talk about Ben Simmons? Right. <laughs> uh, lastly, I mean, I don't know where we go from here. Like I said, they play Charlotte again on Wednesday, so we'll have to see who's in, who's out. Um, yeah, I mean, all all their guys were just kind of announced out over the weekend. So given the timeline of the protocols, I I, I think it's going to be a very similar lineup for Charlotte on Wednesday. Hopefully it's not one of those cases kind of like what happened with the Sixers where the Sixers had it running through their team. And then they started giving it to other teams. Like people speculated that Chicago had a a few cases and that was because they played the Sixers twice in one week. So hopefully that's not a a case, you know, in the reverse here where Charlotte has it running through their team and starts giving it to some of the Sixers guys. Um, So (laughs) yeah, I I think we just got to hope that two days from now, everybody, that was available tonight is still available. Uh, hopefully the Sixers have a better time of, you know, 
asserting their their authority and and closing the game out in a less stressful fashion well we'll all find out together on wednesday night i guess sean kennedy always fun talking to you uh where can uh people locate you find your stuff engage with you talk with you give you their takes etc um they can find me on twitter at philly fast break and of course you can read all my stuff at libertyballers.com a vox media conglomerate and uh the the talking talking about podcast is available on the liberty ballers podcast network we record every friday so check for that in your uh podcast feeds wherever podcasts are available sixers went tonight going back at it with the same charlotte hornets on wednesday night until then this is the royster out of sight podcast always chill ride always chill vibes sean kennedy thank you again for popping in and uh we'll see you all on wednesday take care enjoy your tuesdays folks Bye.